Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. <laughs> Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 29. I am your host, Brittany Crossan. Thanks for being here today. If you've been listening to me from the beginning and you keep coming back over and over for more and more and more, thank you so much. <laughs> and if you are new to the show, well, welcome to the party. This shit's pretty fun, if I do say so myself. Um, I'm happy to be here with you guys. As I've said a million times before, I'm absolutely loving creating this show for you. It's one of my most favorite things I've ever done. So, Hooray. (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff in today's show, including, but not limited to, Facebook groups, TikTok. And we're also going to talk with the lovely Amanda Daly from Australia, who chatted with me the other day. We had a great interview. She's giving you advice about Instagram for your business. So definitely look forward to that in a few minutes. But before we dig into business, I do want to send out some extra love and and hugs and hope and whatever anybody might need out there um, still dealing with the effects of this coronavirus pandemic um, in any way, even if it's not affecting your health, um, maybe it's affecting your business or a loved one or something, just whatever's going on, I'm sending you extra love. It is May of 2020. So if you're listening to this episode in the future, um, you remember you remember when all the shit went down for coronavirus, and that's what's happening right now. So I always just want to acknowledge that and send you guys some love and some hope and uh, hopefully a little smile, and let's all be there to support each other so that we can all get back to amazing lives and doing amazing things. Okay, first things first, it is officially summer break. For my children. And okay, if you're not a parent, sorry. I mean, if you want to fast forward, fine. But listen, look, <laughs> you parents understand. What's been happening with the coronavirus situation where the kids are learning at home, have been learning at home? And if you're not used to that, and say, like me, you have work to do. <laughs> so you've been juggling your work at home and your kids' schoolwork because like mine are little, like they're not going to be able to do all of it on their own. I have to keep them on task and check in and answer questions and help them with stuff. I mean, it's, it's wild. Um, now that it's summer break, you understand the relief that I am feeling. It is amazing. I mean, like just about, it's only been a couple of days of summer break and I'm already like, so much more productive. I'm getting so much more work done. (laughs) You know, they were borrowing my damn computer all the time. Like my son had to use my computer every day. The whole first, like how, like more than half of the day he had my computer. I couldn't even work until he was done with school. (laughs) And my daughter always had the iPad for her kindergarten stuff. It was wild, but you know what? Hey, no complaints. I'm so thankful that I do the kind of work I do and that I can, um, be here for them and that I could help them and all that. So I'm truly thankful for that. But I've got to say that it was a lot of work. It was. It was a lot of juggling. So even though they are clearly still here with me all summer, at least we don't have to do schoolwork. (laughs) And my computer is mine and I can be on my own little work schedule and all that jazz. So yes, it's a relief. I'm very, very excited that it's summer break. Okay, moving on to some businessy things here. I want to talk to you. um, First of all, I got to bring up TikTok got to bring up TikTok. We've been talking about TikTok a good bit lately. And if you have found me on TikTok, which is just my name, Brittany Crossan, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-C-R-O-S-S-O-N, you can see that I am extremely active on TikTok right now. I'm really... um, well, I'm I'm personally loving using it because I have a background as a performer, as a dancer, as an actor. and, And so to me, being able to be in front of an audience and create content that people just enjoy watching and they're entertained by or they smile or whatever. Like to me, that's everything in life. That's like life goals for me. So personally, it's good. But I'm also seeing how it positively affects businesses. And it's, 
It's really, really a cool app. I highly recommend you checking it out. Um, even if you're not a performer, you never know. You can get creative and you can use this to your advantage or you can just go have some fun, right? <laughs> go be entertained. It is seriously one of the coolest things I've done in a while. Growth is happening steadily and pretty quickly. I mean, especially compared to other social media platforms. I mean, I'm, I'm gaining at least a hundred followers a day, if not 200. Um, I'm getting really good engagement on posts. I'm getting plenty of comments and likes and, um, you know, all the things. And I'm also actually sharing my TikTok videos on other social media platforms. And what's funny is that I see videos in TikTok TikTok, in the TikTok app of people joking, like where they, they try to share their TikTok videos on their Facebook or on their Instagram and that they kind of get like crickets or people don't get it. And I understand the humor because everybody on TikTok likes to have this joke about like, we all understand each other and we all get like how cool TikTok is and the rest of the world doesn't. So I get the humor, but the thing is, is that your, your TikTok content actually can work really well on other platforms. Mine is doing really well. In fact, it's kind of funny. When I create a, some, sometimes I create these treadmill dancing videos. I have this amazing um, Peloton treadmill and no, they're not a sponsor. Yes, they should be because, uh, you know, I, I'm obsessed with Peloton. But anyway, um, and so, and sometimes on my bike too, but I'll create a TikTok either on the bike or on the treadmill, especially on the treadmill because the treadmill dances are really fun. And, um, those don't get like tons of views on TikTok whenever I create them. But when I take that video, that TikTok video, and I share it elsewhere, it, it, it can explode, you know, these videos. So you never know, like you created that content on TikTok. If it, if you feel good about it inside and you're proud of it, then you should share it wherever the hell you can share it, right? Reuse that content and see what happens. Hey, it may not always translate well, but sometimes it does. And that's amazing. Um, speaking of that, that's a good segue into the next thing I wanted to mention to you guys before we get to the interview. Um, sharing and other things. So recently, I, well, I've been sharing the treadmill dancing videos on other platforms. I've been doing that. I've been sharing them on Instagram. I've been sharing them on my personal Facebook. Um, I've also been sharing them in this um, Facebook group I'm in that has to do with Peloton and um, members and moms and all these things. And, you know, they're really loving these videos. Like I said, they're, it seems like they're enjoying them even more than the people on TikTok are. Um, And so it's been going really well and they really love them and they say it makes them happy, which is exactly what my goal is. So I'm so excited to keep sharing them, right? Well, I recently had one absolutely explode in that Facebook group. And this is a big Facebook group. It's like 40 something thousand people. So, you know, you get a lot of exposure and this one video just did even better. The other ones already did good in that group. This one did even better and people loved it. I got messages from, from these women, um, to my personal Facebook uh, profile, tons of private messages, tons of comments, tons of love. Um, and I also had, had posted it on my personal profile. So some of them friended me and I friended them. And then they would come to the one I posted on my personal profile and share it to their profile. I mean, this video went crazy and which is great because, um, I loved it. And it was so fun to make. And um, that's really rewarding. But the biggest thing is that they were saying like how much it made them smile. And this one gal said that she had had gone to the ER that morning and that when she got out, that video was the first thing that she saw on her phone and it made her smile and made her day. I mean, just things like that. It was amazing. Right. And um, so that's why it's a segue into this next part of our conversation, because when it comes to sharing things in Facebook groups, there, there's a lot to be gained by that, by not just, not just you, but by the people that are actually taking in the content. And in this case, I'm actually talking about sharing content in a group that you don't own or manage. I don't, I don't own this group that I'm talking about. I do have several Facebook groups that I, um, that I run for my own business, right? And that's great. I think that that's a very smart thing for most people to do because Facebook is really favoring groups right now. So people are going to really see the things you post in the group and it really creates a good solid community. But you should also think about participating in groups that aren't yours. But look, 
there are some things you have to consider first and think about. Okay, you have to be respectful of the group and of the topic of the group, right? Like don't go posting random things that make no sense for that group of people. Also, don't post a bunch of buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. I know, I know it's frustrating. Like you want to just tell people about the great products that you have or the great services that you have, but don't. Don't, those approaches are not good. So respect the topic of the group and respect the fact that it's not there to be your billboard. That's not how it should work. But if you contribute to the group that's not yours, the group that you're just a member of, in a way that's valuable to its members, super valuable, hopefully, you're going to win. You're going to win every time. Not only are you going to win, but the the members are going to win because you are providing value to them, right? That's the whole point. You're building this community and you're, you're providing them with something, something they need or want. So in the case of what I experienced with this group that I'm referring to, um, with my treadmill videos, I'm providing them with entertainment, but I'm also providing them with some inspiration, um, some, something uplifting, especially, you know, it's, it's a group of moms, so they could really be having a hard day. You never know what a parent is dealing with. So um, I'm providing something that they truly want to see. They want to see these fun treadmill dancing videos. And a lot of times I have some sort of inspiring message that goes along with it. So this kind of tactic can be applied to any Facebook group that you're a member of, as long as you feel, you know, um, strongly about the, the subject matter of the group and you feel like you can truly contribute and truly help people then that's what you should be doing. And I'm telling you, as long as you keep your mind and your heart open when you do this sort of thing, it's going to end up positively affecting your business. It's going to like, you know, I'm gaining a bunch of Facebook friends by doing this in these groups, excuse me, which means I'm expanding my network, which means more people know about my business because I post about it on Facebook. Also, depending upon the situation, of course, and the group and the subject matter, if you are providing value by either posting something valuable or responding in the comments to other posts, um, you might end up just naturally talking about your business. You know, if it naturally leads to that, most group admins are fine with that. If you're not, you know, you know, like I said, you're not out there like, you know, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. But like, here's another example. I'm in a group for podcasters. And just last night, there was a guy um, that asked a question that I was able to answer and contribute um, about, you know, about podcasting. So I answered his question and then he asked me another one and I answered again and he asked me another one and back and forth, back and forth. And, and by the end of our back and forth, and I was actually answering and helping him, he ended up asking about the name of my show. And so now that's another person plus everybody else that saw our comments that knows about my show. You see what I'm saying? It's just, look, you, you know, you could really, you could spend hours and hours in Facebook groups. I wouldn't necessarily advise that, but I would definitely, you know, give it a shot and um, definitely set aside just a little bit of time to try to contribute some sort of value to groups that you're in that you do not run and see what happens. You might be amazed. Okay, that's enough of that for now. We are going to get to this interview. Um, It was really, really good. Some really good information all the way from Australia to me here in Texas. I hope you guys enjoy it. Up next is my interview with Amanda Daly. So I want to talk to you real quick about Canva. So as small business owners, most of us are not like super fancy graphic designers, and it's really not easy to learn complicated software. So that's where Canva comes in because we all need to make social media posts. We all need to make some graphics. We all need some cover photos, some flyers, some digital art, right? And Canva makes that easy. Canva Pro starts at only $9.95 a month, which is actually a steal, but you can try it for free for 30 days and support the podcast. So all you've got to do is go to socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. That's socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. I hope you love it. 
Today's guest is a leading business mentor for health and wellness entrepreneurs. With nearly 20 years in online marketing, she has earned recognition by the world's top advertising awards. So since stepping away from the corporate grind, though, to combine her two superpowers, healing and marketing, in a unique business mentoring approach, she has built a seven-figure online coaching business that has served thousands of new entrepreneurs worldwide. She is driven by a dream of shifting the way the world values health and supporting women to step into their empowered leadership as healthy, wealthy entrepreneurs. <laughs> and a fun fact, her first job was in the startup team of eBay UK back in 2001. And now she's left with apparently a large box of original eBay paraphernalia and merchandise that she's not quite sure what to do with, but that's pretty darn cool. Welcome to the show, Amanda Daly. It's so great to be here, Brittany. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I know your time is valuable. I appreciate you being here. I really do. Um, you are all the way in Australia. I'm all the way in Texas. And mm -hmm. I know the timing has got to be a little tricky, but I, tr I truly appreciate you being here. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, okay. So first though, I have a quick eBay question before we dig into. <laughs> that's, that's pretty exciting. That's really cool. And how much have things changed just from that, right? It's oh my amazing. God. Yeah. It's crazy to think, uh, yeah, where everything's gone since then for sure. I know, right? Like eBay, gosh, eBay, it was so exciting. I remember yeah. being much younger and buying things on eBay and being like, this is so exciting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I won. I won these shoes. Um, oh, anyway. we used to get all behind the scenes too. You're bringing the memories back for me of what people would <laughs> post and what people would be looking for and all the behind the scenes dynamics. <laughs> I, hey, I bet it was really interesting. That's really cool. Well, um, well, good. Okay. Well, I'm so happy that you're here. I know you have a lot of really good things that you um, will be able to share with my audience. Um, I would love to just have you, even though you know, had your fun intro there. I would still love for you to just kind of give us an overview of your professional journey, like what you used to do and like and what you're doing now and how you're helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you heard me say that was my first, very first job in the startup team of eBay UK. And I guess that got my foot in the digital marketing, digital advertising world. Yeah. And then I have worked since then in like digital studios of TV stations, advertising agencies. You know, digital marketing was always really the poor child or the poor cousin, you know, however you say that, poor cousin, whatever the metaphor is there, that, um, you know, in the side room of the big agency. And uh, at the same time, I did uh, in advertising, you know, work across all mediums, so TV, radio, uh, print, everything. And you know what? I loved that career. I loved the creativity. I loved the mix of business and art and, and all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, I was very, burnt out and I probably spent the last oh god like you know five six years of that journey trying to heal myself desperately trying to you know fix myself because I thought my health wasn't good enough to keep up with the pace of you know the all-nighters and the the hard deadlines and the weekends and you know yeah. some of that's maybe partly in the industry but equally a lot of it was my own health journey which long story short led me to train as a health coach after all the things that I'd learned and all the things I'd done in my life, then I would say probably stupidly, you know, I was like, oh, I got a health coaching qualification or I was like maybe two months into it. And I've, I've seen people blogging. I've seen people making money online. I'm just going to quit this job, you know, this well-paying advertising job. <laughs> in hindsight, maybe wasn't the smartest idea, but of course in the big picture it was. And I really... I did struggle for that first year to get clients and, you know, I, even with all of that background, I must have had about 14 years by then. You know, I had no lack of marketing knowledge or business knowledge and I think that might be some of the things we talk about today because putting yourself out there as your own entrepreneur is very different to marketing you know, we talked about eBay, about clients that work for like Microsoft or the big telcos or very different when it comes to you. You know, here's my health coaching services. <laughs> so it was quite the journey. And, you know, one thing led to another. Uh, eventually people were really booking with me for health coaching because they wanted to know how we grow in this business. It looked simple and quick to everybody else, I guess, by the time it did take off. Yeah. And, and it did. It really did take off once I, you know, clicked a few things into place. So, yeah, by the end of 2014, I was well and truly business mentoring health coaches. 
and I set up my signature, like a group program called Upswing Mastermind at the end of that year to mentor. It's really like a business school for new health coaches, how to get clients, how to market themselves, etc. cetera. Okay. And I've run that one program ever since. Oh, <laughs> so wow. it's just growing and growing and yeah, you know, I, I really think we are the leading education out there for health and wellness entrepreneurs who are just starting out to make money, to get clients. And it is a combination of business, marketing. But right. as you mentioned before, I'm also very into the inner mindset work, the energy side of that. And really that journey that to me it takes to embody a, a pricing, you know, to sell larger services and packaged services, etc. So right. that's what I do. You know, I've scaled the one product to the million dollar business. Um, I do have a stage two mastermind as well, which is kind of backdoor by invite. Should anyone really <laughs> want to know about it? The but secret club. <laughs> the secret club. But normally that is for clients who have graduated upswing mastermind and you know want to take it further. Okay. So, okay, yeah. that, that's awesome. Okay, so to give me um <clears throat> just like in uh, layman's terms, I'm not in a, um, in the health industry at all. Uh, give me an example of somebody that might um, seek your help. So would it be somebody that is doing, um, like I know uh, one of the ones that's really popular here is a beach body coach. Is that an example of somebody that would go to you for help or no? Sometimes. I do get some beach body coaches. No. Okay. Like Beachbody tends to have their own internal kind of system of other coaches. So who I mostly work with are people who want their own business and not networking marketing. So uh, who want to work in services and packages. So that can be people like naturopaths or healers who already work in single sessions or in clinics and want to take it online and package it up. Most of my clients, though, have done a health coaching certification. So there's a number of schools around the world. Uh, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition is one of the biggest, um, but there's many others out there. And often they've done a six, nine, or 12-month certification and learn all these health skills. And, I mean, health coaching really is quite amazing. For me, it's about helping people master the basics and really, you know, rock and roll their, their whole energy systems to become very healthy. It's a great modality but one that's actually very hard to explain, one that's very hard to market, and one that actually the, all the schools say that they teach business, but it's very, it's not their specialty. So a lot of people do come out often feeling quite disheartened because they're so passionate about what they've learned, all their skills, and they just don't know how to package it up, how to market it in a way that people will understand. Uh, And then, of course, all the pieces that come, you know, let me say, with selling yourself, and that's a confidence, you know, piece that takes time. Well, that's 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 hard to do, what you were saying about about coming out. And, yeah, you got this knowledge that you got about whatever health service you're providing but yeah to be able to then make it a business and like you said package things up and present it and and market it and it sounds easy because you know what you know but to to translate it so that other people get it that I've had to do it for myself it's not easy to do it's really not yeah yeah okay that's really cool that's good to that's interesting to learn um all right so Okay, so our, our topic today that we're going to kind of focus on here is really Instagram, um, mm-hmm. because I assume that a lot of the people that work with you are really are probably really active on Instagram, and Instagram is great for that industry, by the way. I mean, come on. It's perfect. Um, and, but, I, but you're going to share the three biggest mistakes you usually see with your clients yeah. on Instagram, which I'm very excited to hear about, and I might take a few notes, so just, you know... <laughs> So let's go for it. Let's go with the three biggest mistakes you see on Instagram. Absolutely. All right. I'm already thinking of some new ones just from what we talked about. I'll weave them in. (laughs) This is such a juicy topic, isn't it? You know, so the first uh, biggest mistake that I do see people make is what I call hiding behind the computer to get things right. And, and hear me out on this. I'm not saying we shouldn't be behind the computer, but I mentioned it took me six to nine months, you know, to get my first client as a health coach. And I was doing all the things, you know, back then it was blogging. There wasn't Instagram or Instagram stories, but I was working hard, Brittany. I was, you know, I was not going to family events because I had to write a guest post or I had to, you know, polish my logo and get the colors right. And all of those kind of things that, can feel genuinely like we are working hard 
And then we can even convince ourselves, like, look, no one wants this because I'm working hard and I've got this blog. And, you know, we translate this to Instagram today. People can repolish that bio and, you know, try and get one post really right and, and write the long post. And it can be like trying to get something perfect and trying to get it right before you even know what's going to work is the worst thing that you can do. So this comes back to what we were saying, you know, use health coaches as an example. If you don't even know your marketing messaging yet, a lot of people will get stuck. Now, yes, you do need to slow down and work out your target market, their pain points, you know, desired outcomes, what your package is. You do need to do that, but it doesn't have to take a long time. And what I find is people are using things like Instagram to sit there and if I get this one blog post right and, you know, maybe I get the graphic, the really perfect photo of me or the really perfect something, then people are going to just flock to me and, and buy you know, and there's this perfectionism, this, you know, that we're trying to get it all right. And the truth is no one cares what you are wearing. They don't care what fonts. They don't care. They're always looking for how can, how is this person meeting my pain point? You know, how is what they're offering a match for my pain point? So it's what's really important. I mean, there's a number of things. But when I say don't hide behind the computer, I really mean don't hide waiting to get things right before you are seen. Right. And this is what I really wanted to talk about in this point most, especially on Instagram, let's say stories. It is a fact, whether we like it or not, that people like to see our face on, especially on stories. Yep. And we can spend so long trying to convince ourselves, and I really mean this, like watching the patterns in ourselves. If we're really honest, we're often scared of being seen, of being judged. And so then we convince ourselves that, oh, I can't possibly go on camera today. Um, it either comes out and, well, I'm busy because the kids need this or this needs this or a client needs this or I could not possibly go on camera. Or it goes the other way where, like I'm saying, we hide behind the computer trying to get things right. If I craft this right, if I get the right words, I, I even see it with clients sometimes they are beyond, they've got their messaging, everything. And when I ask them like, well, I haven't seen you on Instagram this week, it can almost become like a fight, you know, like, well, Amanda, I don't have my target market right yet. It's like, <laughs> you do have your target market, right? right? So these are things I'm asking us to actually be really honest that for most of us it is scary to be seen and heard. Right. And when we can be really honest about that to then witness our own patterns where we are hiding behind the computer waiting to get something right before putting ourselves out there because the best thing that you can do is be showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up. It's much more important. Like the more, especially the people see our face, they're going to connect with us. Um, actually, I mean, gone are the days of needing to be perfect anyway. Definitely some of my best Insta stories are always the ones where I'm like, I oh, screw it. Like, I've got no makeup in that, but I'm just going to talk, you know, and people love those ones. <laughs> so that's my first one. It's, it is about hiding behind the computer to get it right. But it, the, the secondary piece is really why are we doing that? Just to be really, really honest. We are scared of being seen and heard. And instead of sitting in that, when you can see it, go, oh, I'm scared of that and I'm going to do it anyway. So that's the first one. I love that. I'm totally with you on that. I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me, a hundred percent. I've seen it a lot, a lot myself as well. And um, and you're right. People like to see your face. They do. They. I mean, come on. How are they going to connect with you otherwise? So totally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Got it. Number. I'm taking my notes. I got number one. What's number two? <laughs> So number two is not dissimilar. It's about not getting bogged down in back-end technology. So I see a lot of people come in and obviously we see what's online and they're like, oh, well, like to get a client, I'm going to need a funnel and a Facebook ad and a, a web page and a lead page. And like I spent most of that first six months making a website, but no one knew it was there. <laughs> and look, every industry is different. But if I use like health coaches and wellness entrepreneurs as an example, most people want one-on-one -on -one clients. They're going to get those one-on-one -on -one clients from getting someone on the phone. Yep. And so our marketing should be spent, our time on Instagram, our time on even the other platforms should be spent trying to get someone on the phone. 
But what happens, like it really should, I don't know how else to say that. So again, Instagram stories is nothing better. The quickest way to get someone on the phone is through DMs. So then you engineer your marketing for how, I always say it to my clients, pretend you work for me. Your job is to get two people on the phone a week with me. If you don't have eight people by the end of the month, you have no job. Ah, And it really is as simple as that. Like as an entrepreneur, your sales, at least in a service-based business, you could translate this for your own business. How do you get sales? For a lot of people, it's you need someone on the phone. That's what your marketing's for, to get people on the phone. Right. So a lot of people, what they are doing and being sold this too from, you know, online is, well, if I have the right website, the website will get someone on the phone. <laughs> if my copy's good enough, if my fonts are good enough and pretty enough, if my colors are good enough, or click funnels, lead page, you know, all this stuff. If someone has this magical funnel, then they will book and get on the phone with me. That goes back to my point one. We're hoping that we don't have to be seen and do the work of selling. And we're hoping that if we can just drive someone to the secret website, you know, the website's going to do it for us. That takes money. It takes time. And some things like click funnels and things like that. Now you're locked into hundreds of dollars a month. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got funnels that I'm too scared to let go of that I built like five years ago. So I keep paying the subscription. (laughs) And look, that's fine later. Of course I run my business and, you know, with funnels and all that now. But at the beginning, you're trying to get clients. Your marketing should be, how can I get people on the phone? And I'm not saying that every single thing you do is to get people on the phone. You know, you want to be, of course, personal brand like we talked about creating connection you want to be giving a lot of value even on Instagram you want your your posts and your um, stories that are there purely for likes and laughs and giggles you know all of that's part of the ecosystem but the one piece I see people missing the most is actually the hey do you want to chat hey do you want to get on the phone like you know pop into my dms if you like this and things on Instagram like polls Uh, questions, things that are asking people to engage. If you are thinking through your target market, now you see who's interested in this topic, you've already got them. It's like one, two words away (laughs) to say, you know, hey, Brittany, saw you liked this on my poll. Uh, Is there something else you're struggling with that I could make you another story on? It doesn't have to be straight into the, you know, like, hey, can I sell you product it's so easy on Instagram to create these relationships right with the end goal of getting someone on the phone not that I'm going to spend six months building back-end technology in the hope that one day someone might it's just it's so there's just so quick ways we can do it Uh, and I know I'm linking back with number one aren't I because we do these because we kind of don't think we're ready we don't think we're good enough we don't want to be seen so we're trying to rely on all the technology to do the work and it's just not it's not needed. It's not at the beginning. Right. You know, maybe when you're scaling. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, that's what I was actually going to say was, <clears throat> or I was going to ask in addition to all this is, um, do you think that a lot of that, a lot of the reason for people doing this is, is truly mostly around like lack of confidence, you think? I mean, do you think that that's, is that what you see? As a why people are more I relying on well, both. I see, you know, two sides for this. I definitely do in my community. I don't know because I do specialize so much in the wellness um, right. profession. I assume it is global, uh, you know, but yeah. I, I'm sure it is. I have a friend who's a new travel agent and she's going through very similar, you sure. know, feelings of who am I to be on camera or who am I to, you know, sell. So I think it is the same. Right. Uh, so there's definitely a confidence piece of why we. I mean, it goes deeper, really. It's the confidence that I'm not enough just as I am, you know, like especially like I think that's really where the root is if you want to go there for a moment. You know, I think it's I'm not enough as I am. My services aren't enough just as I am. So now I need to, especially as women, we're used to having to work really, really hard before we can make money or before we can, uh, you know, receive so we often do you know try to overcomplicate things I see this anyway with my clients uh whereas it could also be just as simple as 10 minutes a day getting on Instagram 
and creating valuable content, creating engagement, creating some DMs with people to get them on the phone. Building a business doesn't have to take long, but we definitely are wired to think, oh, no, it can't be this easy. I've got to work really hard. I've got to build out these big systems. I do think it's that the other side, hmm, how can I put this into words? Um, It's more a feeling. Part of it is that we're being taught that, you know, by all the big online marketers um, that well, the way to do it is through these complex funnels and Facebook ads. And, you know, I have health coaches in my community. I help them make 5K a month in the first six months, but I have people making up to 20,000 a month on my same system with no Facebook ads and no lead funnels or whatever, you know. Yeah. So I'm not saying they're not helpful, but they're not the magic bullet. I think that's what I'm, you know, the silver bullet kind of magic ticket right. idea. They're not necessarily that. And I think that a lot of people go after those because they think, oh, if I just set up a funnel, then it will be good. And to me, it's like trying to go around the, the issue that I said before. We've got to at least first master that I can be seen, I can be heard, I do know my services are valuable, people do buy from me. When we kind of go through that journey and now we're confident, it's like, great, let's layer on the technology. So I do think people are doing it either because they've been told it's the only way or because they're trying to sidestep, uh, you know, the right. most effective ways. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And also what's, what I have found um, to be interesting in my own journey, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, is a, like when it comes to the confidence factor and all that, is that, is that when you start, the, the longer you're around and the more you learn about maybe um, what other people are doing just for the sake of learning from your peers, you start to realize it's not, it's not so con- like everybody else isn't doing something so incredibly magical and amazing. Like, like it's, it's a it's like calm down. It doesn't have, like you were saying, like it doesn't have to be the most perfect website. It doesn't have to be the most perfect, all these things. And you assume for some reason, a lot of us do this. We assume that everybody else just has it all together and it's all perfect and it's all so fancy and it's probably not like it doesn't have to be that <laughs> right and this is why I look for the through lines what's actually working what's actually getting people on the phone to make you money you know at least at the beginning right <laughs> until you're in some magical time where you've got time to rebrand or do all that you know things right you only, I mean, in a kind of coaching or service-based model, you probably only need four or five clients a month. So right. that's just like one or two people on the phone a week. And really, when you think about it, that is the only thing you're trying to do in your marketing. If you really boil it down, it's all we're actually trying to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. That makes it, but, and that's so helpful, what you just said right there, to, to just simplify it. Like that's really basically all you're trying to do. <laughs> so, but we do, we do tend to overcomplicate things, especially when it comes to marketing ourselves and social media and all that jazz. <laughs> um, okay. All right, cool. So we've, so we've pretty much covered the first two, I think. Yeah. All right. What's our third mistake? So the third one layers on from that, you know, all similar themes, but it's done is better than none. So this is about more of a higher value on getting things out there than even really what's in it, to be honest. And if you're like me, because of course I do have those perfectionist tendencies, you know, coming from the art direction background, that might make you squirm a little bit. But, you know, I did a recent launch, uh, well, it was actually a couple of months ago, but it really stands out to me. I was busy. I was like, you know, it just completely took us by surprise how big it was. And I didn't really put makeup on. You know, I'd often still be in my pajamas in the afternoon. And there were so many days where I'd be like, oh, God, I didn't go live on Facebook or I didn't go on my stories. And in a launch for me, I would never not show up. So in that time, I have a choice. And I started just showing up as is for all of those, you know, sometimes they were 45-minute Facebook Lives, sometimes they were four-minute, you know, Insta Stories. And what I not only witnessed was that they were some of the most popular ones because people just, you know, related and I was just real. I wasn't focused on is everything right. I just had a message to get out there. And the done is better than none. When I use the launch example, I had timelines. I knew if I didn't do it that day, it wasn't possible to do later. But most of us don't have that inherent timing, you know, on us in everyday life. So 
Not only that, when I look back at that time, I have a whole library now of videos from those couple of weeks that would not have been created if I hadn't have chose to do the done over none or the imperfect action. So one of my favorite tips for this, I mean, you've got to have the mindset of I'm going to value that it's done as better than none. Right. And then I decide on my time. So it's normally like 15 minutes. It does not take long. And I'm like, I've got 15 minutes today to do my stories. And whatever happens in the next 15 minutes is what's going out. Full stop. Right. And that might mean, oh, my God, I've got nothing on my mind. And sometimes you get creative with that. You know, I learned that in advertising for sure. If you've got boundaries and limits, 15 minutes is actually quite a long time. I mean, I could just sit here now and, you know, start filming an Insta story of us on the podcast. I should do that. You know, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a little story, but that wasn't on my mind one minute ago to do. But you're in the present moment. You're like, I've only got this 15 minutes. What am I going to talk about? What am I going to document? And just get it out there because also if we can be really practical on algorithms for a moment, we all, you know, love to hate the algorithms. (laughs) What Insta stories, I mean, how you stay relevant in Instagram posts or stories is you got to stay doing your stories. you got to stay doing them regularly. So it's actually better that you put up a, I don't know, a white square of your wall (laughs) with a a word that says I don't know what to say today. At least it puts you in the algorithm, you know. And (laughs) So it's much better that something is up there and it's always the impromptu uh, things that we feel better about anyway, you know. And sometimes I might, uh, one way that I do this is I often plan out prompts so I might have uh, like a weekly story prompt or something like that. I don't script it. Sometimes I just put like three bullet points. Yeah. So that there is some kind of structure. And if I show up and I don't know what to say, it's like just do what's on the paper. Just talk about that for yeah. a few minutes. Uh, and if something better is on my mind that day, great, you know. But if not, even if I don't feel like it, too bad. Dumb is better than none. Right. And that is just going to, it's going to grow the algorithm. People start to trust you, as we all know, when they see you consistently. Yeah. And the biggest mistake I see people do is crafting, you know, one post, whatever they put it out, and then they're like, nobody likes me, nobody likes us, I'm never doing it again, you know? <laughs> and it's it really is about volume on Insta in that way. And now I'm not saying to post every day even, I'm saying stories. Uh, and, look, I'm actually not always the best at this. So I know it works and I'm also, I've learned these tips because I know, you know, where I get stuck too is to be yeah. completely, you know, all we're human here. Right. And that's why I share with you, we try and think we have to look a certain way or be in a certain backdrop or have something even like super smart to say, right. then we're just not showing up. And it is the regular things that build the community, build trust, you know, know, like, and trust with people. Yep. Uh, and then also, I'm just going to layer back through some of the points we talked about, making sure you're always telling people about your work in those you know, making sure you're always telling them if you want to know more about working with me, therefore you've always got something to say. So we can't ever say we don't know what to say because you've got the product and you're trying to get people on the phone to look right. that all as your kind of like end goal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be, bring it up. That's what you talk about your business. You got to, you got to do business and stay in business. <laughs> the other thing I just want to say, you just reminded me of <laughs> The only way to get good at something is to do it. So if you practice daily, you're going to be terrible. We've all got to be willing to be beginners. We've all got to be willing to suck. Yes, yes. (laughs) And if you, for example, there's been a bit of a hot topic in my current um, Upswing Mastermind group this week of, oh, like we're feeling a bit stuck on how to tell people about our services or value our services. You know how you're going to get better at that? Get on Instagram stories and do it every single day. We have a 30-day challenge just about to start actually uh, next week. And we do it for that reason, you know, and the 30-day challenge for us is not just social. It's all different ways to ask, but you're asking every day in different ways or educating people on your services. So anything, I mean, that's probably my biggest tip, you know, to wrap all of that up. Anything you don't feel good at or confident at, Start doing it. Be willing to be a beginner and allow yourself like a 30-day challenge to suck. 
and then see right. what happens with them. So with no expectations that you're going to be good at all. I mean, hey, at least stories are gone in 24 hours. Exactly. <laughs> They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's On that note, though, make sure we do save our stories for highlights because I know that can be an objection of people who have work and it's lost. That's true. That's true. Go yeah. ahead and save them just in case. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you know, I love that. I also relate that what you were just saying about, you know, if you want to get good at something, you've got to do it every day or almost every day. And and that goes for so many things. And I usually will connect. Um, I think that this is why a lot of entrepreneurs like, um, like fitness or like to, to, you know, exercise in their own life. Um, I do. And so I will think about that in something and I will compare it. And like right now I'm doing this, uh, long story short, a, a little personal challenge to do some certain things physically that I grew up being able to do as a dancer and a cheerleader uh, by the time I turned 40 in September. And one of those is the splits. And I just thought, you know, I need, I want to be able to do this because once you lose it, like it might be gone forever. Um, And, um, and I really, you know, I thought about that when I was doing it the other day, because I'm not all the way down yet. I'm trying. And, um, and I thought, God, you only missed a couple of days. And look what happened. And it's, it's a very similar mindset. So if somebody doesn't quite understand or have a good perspective on it, think of it that way. Like you have to do that stuff every day and it's not going to be good for a while. (laughs) Totally. You know, I always say that business is maths or getting clients is maths. And it's the same with doing the splits or building muscle. It's actually maths. You show up, you do enough reps, you do enough bicep curls, your muscle will grow. Same with getting clients. You get seen by enough eyeballs. You ask them to work with you and a certain number percentage will say, I'd love to get on the phone. You get on the phone, a certain number and percentage will say yes. It is maths. We make it so personal and we make it so, uh, you know, like people don't want to buy from me, whatever. It's complete maths. But just like going to the gym or doing the splits, which I feel very inspired to go, like, try now, thank you. Um, then, I'm also working on cartwheels, so just consider that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next challenge. Uh, it's just like that. Like, it does work. And I always say that to people, stop questioning the formula. It does work, right. but it's only going to work if you do the work. And so it is about showing up every day. And I mean, the way I put it, yeah, you've got to be seen by ideals, uh, eyeballs and ask them for the dance. Right. That's what we're doing in marketing every day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Hey, Instagram stories are, I can vouch for it personally. That's, that's where it, it's kind of, I joked about your secret club earlier. It's kind of like that for my audience for the past quite a few years. It's like, there's a certain percentage of my audience that knows so much more about me as a person. So no, you know, and that's incredible for a personal brand because they watch that and because I'm consistent and I'm still doing it after all these years. I mean, you know, I could just vouch for it. It's so powerful, the connection you can make, you know, with people. Absolutely. And I can definitely, you know, test scanning because I work with a lot of beginners uh, in their business. And when I scan, there is, I do feel like Instagram stories is still currently the number one way if people are showing up regularly, that they are getting clients, you know, without the need for really anything else. So I'm not saying in the long term, you know, of course we want to be getting people on our email lists and we should be using Instagram for that. And, you know, of course there's other aspects of marketing. Uh, But what I really wanted to focus on today, and I hope it's been helpful, is there's ways that you can be getting clients today, next week, this month, and start making money. All the things we talked about, proving your, um, you know, your messaging. I mean, you know, again, can I just go back to one of those points? We try and craft the perfect target market and the perfect messaging. Or you could just try something different every day for a week on stories and see which one, like, (laughs) feedback. Yeah, so I just think it's a way that we can, it's relevant right now. It's a way to be getting clients right now, no matter what industry you're in. Uh, And then, of course, we can layer on from there. You know, we can link out to pages from there. We can add on our opt-in funnels from there when we're ready. We can drive ads through Instagram when we're ready. Um, You know, we can just use it as a real pivotal part of uh, both our personal brand building but the best way yet that I know, you know, through the DMs to be getting people on the phone. Or let me say, sometimes you don't even need that phone call. The DMs can be that good. You can be just uh, making sales straight through there. So it's really good. Awesome. Yes, I agree. That's, 
This, this is wonderful. This is so helpful. This information is really applicable to my audience of the show and my audience and my own social media. That's why I really wanted you to come on because I knew this would be helpful. So many of them are active on Instagram and, um, you know, sometimes it can be hard. And like you said, it's hard to have that confidence sometimes at first to get out there and just do it. So I really, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I would love for you to tell everybody before I let you go, because I know you've got things, other things to do today, um, how they can find you, information about you, your website, find you on Instagram and all that jazz. Yeah. So on Instagram and Facebook, it is at Amanda Jane Daily. So that's J-A-N-E-D-A-L-E-Y is my handle. Uh, My website is Amanda J Daily. So just the letter J in the middle there.com. And I have set up a beautiful page on there just for your audience as well. So it's amandajdaily.com forward slash sunshine. And we've put a few little goodies on there, including a link to my uh, Facebook group, which is if anyone is in wellness, entrepreneurs, we've got a group of about 20,000 people over there in the Healthy Wealthy Society. So I did put a link there in case anyone wants to play over there too. Oh, good. Okay. AmandaJDaily.com slash sunshine. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. And we'll also, of course, we'll include that include all this in the show notes and on our website and all that stuff. So um, that's wonderful. Okay, good. You guys, everybody go find Amanda, seek her wisdom and guidance and help. Um, Again, I really appreciate you being here. I I do. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I'm so glad that we connected and that I can share this with your audience. Okay. So thanks again to Amanda Daly for being on the show. I hope you guys really liked the information that she had to offer. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I want to ask you a favor, please, please. If you listen to the show with an Apple device, please, um, leave a rating and a review on, um, iTunes for the show. I mean, I love a five-star review. Thank you. Also, if you're not listening on Apple and you don't use iTunes, how about a review on the Facebook page? All you got to do is go to the Social Sunshine Podcast Facebook page. Just search Social Sunshine Podcast on Facebook. Really easy. And leave a review for the show there. I would love it. I truly appreciate it. Reviews are really, really valuable to the show. They're also really valuable to your business, by the way. So you should definitely encourage your customers and clients to be leaving you reviews and you should shout that shit from the rooftops because it's important to get great reviews and great feedback. And it's important to let others know because then you are going to get more business that way, of course. Same thing for the show. I really appreciate you guys doing that. I appreciate you guys listening. Find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, I don't know, all over the freaking internet. Give me a follow, send me a message to say hello. Thanks again for being here. You guys, I got to go back to, uh, back to mom life. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production, funlovemedia.com. Bye.